Welcome to Hence the Future Podcast. I'm Justin Clark. I'm Matamor Cronin. And today marks the one-year anniversary since we started this podcast. And we decided to do something a little bit meta for you guys. We're going to discuss the future of Hence the Future. So we'll talk a little bit about the future of our research, the future of our content, and the future of our guests. And then finally, we'll just discuss how we want to expand into totally new areas, um, such as maybe hosting live events. And also, we have a special surprise gift for our listeners at the end of this episode, so be sure to stick around. Um, But first, uh, maybe let's talk a little bit about why we started this podcast in the first place. So what do you think? So Justin and I... We've been having these conversations even before this podcast began, where we would just talk about the future on a weekly basis anyways, because we're interested about it. Mm -hmm. So initially we were like, oh, why don't we just publish these ideas? And part of why we think it's so important to publish the ideas of the future at this time is because when you think about the whole course of history and the whole course of humanity, right now we are very much at the edge of the hockey stick curve of technology. I mean, if you think about from the time that we were born, you know, I was born in 1991. You're, you're probably born like, what, 93? 93, yeah. And f- that was when computers were very much in their early stages. Like no one walked around with a smartphone at that time. Yeah. And if you, if you go from that time to where we are today and then fast forward in our life to where computers are smarter than the smartest human being, I mean, this is some of the most interesting 50 years in the whole course of humanity. Mm -hmm. So to be able to catalog what is going on, all the technological changes throughout that time, and then also to help educate and inspire people so that we can choose the best possible future path by seeing all the possibilities, the worst case, the best case, the most likely, and do whatever we can to get to that best case. Mm -hmm. That's, That's in my mind why... You know, I was really excited to start this podcast with you. Yeah, I mean, I I think we came into it with very similar motivations. There is just so much happening right now, and there's also a lot of information. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to parse out what is good information and what is bad information a lot of times. And we want to be one of those sources that people can trust, that mm-hmm. we we approach things from a level-headed perspective. And I'm sure people have listened to this and realized, yes, we have opinions. It's not like we we are totally unbiased. Mm-hmm. Everybody has biases when they have conversations about something, especially if they truly care about something. But we like this is also a way for us to clear our own heads and have clear thinking around mm-hmm. things. Because there's gonna be times when you listen to one of our earlier episodes And let's say a couple years from now, we say something totally contradictory. Historically, that might be a bad thing. But what I think people should realize is this is something that just symbolizes that we've evolved our thinking. And that's that's one thing that we just we need to make sure that we do is we don't just get ingrained in one particular pattern of thinking because there there is no necessarily best way of thinking right now. We just need to use this as sort of an optimization of our own thinking process and by default or hopefully 
expand that to our listeners and that's one thing that i've gotten from like sam harris's podcast or joe rogan's podcast i mean the whole intellectual dark web i think what makes it unique is that people have very nuanced opinions and they don't always line up with the left or the right or different Mm -hmm. political ideological lines they're on Mm -hmm. a case-by-case basis and people in the intellectual dark web are unafraid to evolve their thinking as new information comes in and so we try to operate in that way as well, because if you look at the main media outlets out there, like CNN and Fox News and, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of what's on Facebook and goes viral on YouTube, right. a lot of it yeah. is just very much about party politics, identity politics. And we mm-hmm. try to steer clear of that. So people, no matter what your personal ideology is, you can get a, a you know, some opinions that aren't based on any ideological line Mm -hmm. and maybe that's a good transition to talk about our research because we want to make it clear to our listeners that each of our episodes we don't have these I mean of course we always start with some hypotheses of how we think the future is going to change but it's Mm -hmm. not like we come up with the conclusions first and then try to find data to back it we very Mm -hmm. much try to find the data first and then build our predictions based on that initial data. So maybe you can talk a little bit about what our research process is for for each episode and what tools we use to get the right research. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, this has evolved since we first started and will continue to evolve. Because at first we just kind of, we had, we, we did our own research separately and just kind of you know, read articles, or maybe we had books that we had read Mm. at some point and just refreshed on those or Blinkist or, you know, something like this that kind of lined up with our, our topics. And then we had a conversation. And at first, uh, we, we tried to plan out the episodes, um, a little bit, like the first few episodes were very planned out. And then as we moved into later episodes, we realized that, oh, we can have a better conversation if we just have like just a the few questions. bullet points. Yeah. Yeah. A few questions, some bullet points that we want to like maybe hit at some point, but not necessarily. Mm-hmm. And what we do is we just have, at least now, we have just broad data. And, and there's this um, service, uh, Statista, that yeah. kind of gives us good statistics about pretty much anything that you could possibly want and good visualizations, uh, which is really nice. And, um, we can kind of get an overview of what, what the state of certain things are. Right. Um, so we, that, that's a good starting point. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So we start with the broad topics where for something like 3D printing, let's say, we all want to know, okay, what's the current state of the technology? Who are the major players? What are the mm-hmm. use cases that, could, that are applicable now and in the future? And once we get a sense for what the question marks are, like what we want to explore, then we find the data in Statista. And mm-hmm. one of the more recent additions to our research process is we now have a PhD researcher who every week uses the Statista information, does his own scholarly research, and then comes up with a summary of sort of what he thinks the current state of affairs is are for that topic. And mm-hmm. then we can, we can extrapolate and think a little bit more about the future. And Mm -hmm. I guess thinking about how this could evolve and become even better over time, we've talked about it would be awesome if we had a subject matter expert in each of the main domains that we tend to address. 
for instance, like right. finance, you know, artificial intelligence, biology. Uh, mm-hmm. So all of these areas are end up being recurring themes. So having someone who can be sort of the expert in that area and can sort of manage the research process, I think that's mm-hmm. something we'll grow into. Um, but even now, yeah. I mean, just having a third objective person to do the scholarly research, because a lot of times it's hard to find the right sort of scholarly articles and information if you don't come from the world of academia. And so I think that's been a a really good uh, optimization that we've made. Oh, yeah. I mean, just trying to read a scientific paper without coming from academia is kind of a feat because you know, if you don't have any sort of mathematical literacy or know the jargon of whatever uh, field you're trying to read a paper on, it just makes it super difficult. And that's one of the problems I see with uh, traditional media and the the research that they do. If there's like a big research finding, for example, and then BuzzFeed writes an article about mm-hmm. it, a lot of times there's just like one or two things that are just like coffee cures cancer. When yeah, like the like, actual research these... study is like people who drink coffee are correlated with lower yeah. rates of cancer. And... Yeah, they, they immediately draw causation. Right. They, they confuse correlation with causation. And it's it's sort of a problem. And that is partly because of the lack of statistics education. Um, and a lot, you know, a lot of journalists have. But also just there's a lot of information out there. And the it's hard to parse economy. that if you're... You're, you're trying yeah, I mean, to compete with everyone else. If you have, like, you have to be an expert a lot of times to read this. And uh, journalists, by default, can't be experts in everything in the world. Like, that's, mm-hmm. it's impossible. That's why they aren't researchers, like, right. like academic I, researchers. Like, it was interesting, you know, Kevin Rose is a pretty famous columnist in the New York Times, mm-hmm. and he writes about technology. And he had written one piece about how Facebook does not do enough of a good of enough job in vetting all of their content and like, oh, the Christchurch shooting video was up for, you know, 15 minutes before it got taken down. Like that is unacceptable. And then he wrote another article later about how um, the moderators are having all of these psychological effects from looking at all of this horrible content that they need to vet through. So it's sort of like he's saying they need to do more moderation and then he's ripping them for moderating even though like <laughs> it's not we you know algorithms aren't good enough to do it without human input right now right. so we see that a lot where it's just kind of like you're only taking one narrow view of a, of a subject rather than mm-hmm. taking the holistic like high level view considering all the pros and cons you know best case worst case right, how this right. is going to play out so that's something we try to do that's different mm-hmm. than journalism, where it's not like we have an agenda or like a thesis that we're trying to push. It's more like yeah. we're trying to give our listeners a high level overview of a topic so they can feel informed and they can make better decisions in their own life to get us collectively to that best case scenario. Mm-hmm. And one more thing I'll add to research uh, before we maybe move on is I would like us to get to the point where we we do enough thorough research to where our scenarios, especially our likely scenario, starts to match up more and more with reality. Mm-hmm. And and that shows that shows you, our listeners, that we are, you know, 
we actually think about this deeply in that um, we you know have some sort of forecasting ability in this in this space and that um, just having better research is a better way for us to be accurate and I totally. think that's that's something that we should uh, try to focus on is actually um, being as accurate as possible almost like how uh, Nate Silver's Nate Silver right from yeah, 538 he he's a statistician that makes these predictions all the time and sometimes he's way off but right. you can't always be right the the idea is you make these predictions and you have you know a little bit of something on the line even if it's just your reputation by making these predictions and right. although and then, I would say that Nate Silver takes a almost too objective of an approach where it's all based uh -huh. on polling and that kind of thing. And I don't think he takes enough stock of what's happening on the meta psychological, like what, how something feels that level. And that's right, something yeah. that I think Scott Adams does a really good job of where mm -hmm. he's not about like, Oh, what do the facts say? He's about what's the most persuasive and therefore what's going to drive human behavior on a basic, mm -hmm. like, reptilian brain level right and so we try to take both of that into account and i kind of feel like that's why we're a good pairing because you're mm -hmm. more like the nate silver like what does the objective data say and i'm more like what's more persuasive on like a psychological level right so it's right good to incorporate both of those yeah and that's one of the reasons i think we we do this podcast too is it, it would be sort of boring if we came into it with exactly the same opinions exactly the same way of thinking right um so that's that's one thing um that i i enjoy about this yeah maybe we can discuss the future of our content now so yeah yeah so most of our content so far has been focused on instagram so if you haven't followed the hence the future page on instagram I would definitely recommend it because we highlight some of the most interesting aspects of whatever that week's topic is in a visual way, sort of similar to The Economist where we'll show a visual of, let's say, for quantum computing, here are all of the top quantum computers in existence today, and then we'll write a fairly thorough uh, caption of that post with all of our high-level findings. like. Here are the main players in quantum computer in quantum computing. Here are what differentiate these players, the number of qubits that they've achieved, the level of accuracy right. they've achieved. And we do this for every one of our episodes. So every week we have three posts related to that topic and mm -hmm. we sort of give a microscopic view of what an interesting aspect of that topic could be. So mm -hmm. I think that's that's been and we've gotten a lot of traction on Instagram more so than any other platform. We also publish right. all of our full podcasts in video form on YouTube. So if you're yeah. more of a video a visual learner, you can watch those. Yeah, and we and also some people really like I mean just like the Joe Rogan experience. They they yeah. really like the video. And and it would be cool at some point if we have a studio where we're like in the same place and we can invite right. guests and stuff like that. Anyway, sorry, continue. Yeah, but so yeah, YouTube, I think, uh, yeah, we may evolve where it's more like Joe Rogan or The Daily Show or um, 
you know, whatever else where you actually show what we're talking about. So it's not just a picture of us in the video. It also right. shows what we're discussing. So I right. think that would be a natural next progression. And then on Twitter, we share any interesting statistics or things that we find. And I think we're going to evolve that by sharing even more statistics uh, with each episode um, because we do so much in our research. But I guess like if I were to say one area with our content that I would most want us to evolve into, it would be short form animated videos that mm -hmm. give the high level overview of what each episode has found. So very similar to Kurzgesagt, yeah. which is in a nutshell, you can uh, you can search it's it a on YouTube, YouTube channel. Yeah. And basically they'll take a really complex topic like nuclear energy. And they'll do a video about here are the arguments in favor, here are the arguments against, and then here's how you can think about it taking both of those arguments into account. So mm -hmm. we would like to do that and work with animators because a lot of people are more visual learners. And mm -hmm. if we can distill our findings into a four minute, two minute video that has cool animations so you can get visual stimulation while you're thinking about these ideas, that right. would be my preferred next expansion for our content. Yeah, that would be amazing. And I will also just say that like you've done an awesome job with the Instagram. It looks so good. I would Thanks, like man. any anybody <laughs> should go check it out because it's I mean, it's just a pretty page. Like it's so symmetric. You've got the the right. black titles all on one column and it it's, it just looks really good. Um, but yeah, then then maybe to kind of expand one more thing that we we've talked about before is having a more scientific uh, paper associate, not necessarily like a publishable scientific paper, but sort of a like white a paper associated. Summaries. Yeah, associated with each episode where we have all of the um, sources and everything else that summarizes everything and also why we say certain things that we said. It's almost like a defense right. of, of the conversation and of the predictions that we make. Yeah, I mean, if, if I were a fan of Hence the Future, like just a listener, or if I were just who I am and I have another potential source, my ideal source would be you can just search by topic like the future of nuclear, the future of quantum computing. And then at a glance, you can just see here are the key points with the sources, mm -hmm. with the statistics. And then here's the worst case, best case, and most likely based on those statistics and that research. And mm -hmm. at a glance, if people can use that as a resource, I think mm -hmm. that would be incredibly valuable. And it would very much be in line with our mission of just trying to inform people so they can make better decisions and choose a more optimal future. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that covers a lot of uh, where we're going and what we're thinking about with content. Did you have any other ideas, maybe like far future content ideas? Yeah. Um, I mean, far future, I would love to have a whole media network. I mean, when you think yeah. about like Vox, for instance, or mm -hmm. Vice, like they all started pretty small, but now they have multiple podcasts, multiple publications, right. have a TV show, like maybe at some point we'll publish a book. So there's a lot of mm -hmm. ways we can expand. Um, but I just mm -hmm. think that the way that most people consume content, short form video is like the best 
really short form video and podcasting, I would say are the two most high growth areas. So I yep. think that's short and mid future what we would do. But then yep. long term future, I think we could have a whole you know media network. Right. Yeah, I would I would totally agree with that because there's so there's so many different avenues that we can expand to. And maybe um, maybe we'll talk about that a little bit more um, on when we talk about, you know, expanding to new domains in general. Uh, but maybe yeah. before that, we talk about, you know, how we want to evolve our um, like the guests that we invite on and, and the yeah. quality of, of the content that we're putting out. Yeah, totally. So we have some exciting guests on our schedule. Mm-hmm. I don't want to announce it now because it might jinx it, but mm-hmm. you guys are, can look forward to some really high quality and more high profile guests. Although yeah. I would very much like to hear the feedback of our listeners of if they prefer our episodes more with guests or when it's just Justin and I, because mm-hmm. I know some podcasts I love when they have guests and other podcasts I'm like, oh man, I kind of just wish it was, you know, just yeah. the main person. Like for instance, right. with Scott Adams, I much prefer when it's just him, um, mm-hmm. re- you know, rather than when he has a guest. But for like Sam Harris, I absolutely love his guest episodes. So that's something if you guys can send us a note on that, that would be really helpful in just, you know, creating the best possible Mm. episodes for you guys. Yeah. And to maybe just touch on that a little bit more, um, I think it would be great to just have to start a start building a stronger community with our listeners, too. Like we we should. I think it would be awesome if all all of you listeners that thought anything about us just reached out to us and, and gave us whatever you had on your mind. If you even mm-hmm. if you hate us, tell us. Like yeah. if, if there's something that that you think that we could improve on, we're open to it. Like we like we said earlier in the podcast, we don't want to be stuck in our ways. And sometimes uh, certain episodes are better than other pod than other episodes. And um, we it's harder for us to improve if we don't have the dialogue with our listeners because yeah. really this the success of this podcast boils down to you the listener do you enjoy what we're talking about mm-hmm. and you know it's it's really important for you as a listener is to um you know to enjoy what we're doing and and we want you to enjoy what we're doing yeah, and if you have ideas for particular guests or particular topics that you're interested in, you can also submit that on our website, hencethefuture.com. Yeah. And yeah, so maybe to bring it home before we get into the future scenarios, let's, let's talk a little bit about how we would expand into totally new domains and what that could look mm-hmm. like. Yeah, I mean, the, the one, the very first thing that comes to mind is the same sort of thing that we've seen Jordan Peterson, Sam Harris, and pretty much everybody in the intellectual dark web doing these days is having open lectures or speaking engagements where Mm -hmm. we just have conversations with all of our listeners. It's a way for us to have this podcast with a live audience, to do AMAs, to do anything that we want and to really engage with listeners in a live setting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we have, by the way, for our listeners, we have done a few one-on-one Skype calls with mm-hmm. our fans when they just want to go a little bit deeper into a certain topic. So we're open to doing more of that as well. And yeah. 
but yeah, I think having a live setting where, you know, a lot of our listeners can be together and we can just have open question and answer. Um, I think that would be super valuable. Mm -hmm. And then I guess another way that we could go into a new domain would be creating some sort of a think tank or consulting agency or marketing agency or automation mm -hmm. agency, because, you know, what Justin and I do for work, Justin's a data scientist and I'm a digital marketer. And we find ourselves being asked a lot by people in our network, you know, how can I grow my account? How can I grow my audience? How can I automate some of these processes that I'm just so tired of doing? And Justin is really the expert on automating business processes and mm -hmm. analyzing data. And I'm the expert on growing a brand and, and bringing people in, in through the front doors. Mm -hmm. And so it would be natural for us to basically, if you know companies wanted to hire us or people wanted to hire us and say, hey, what's the future of my business? You know, I have mm -hmm. this online business and what's the future of it? Worst case, best case, most likely. And we can do an analysis of that business and figure out what the key factors are and then give recommendations for you can optimize your business in these ways to get to the best case scenario. And not only that, but we can actually implement the automated processes and bring in new people, new customers for you. So mm -hmm. that's one area that we've would just be a very natural way for us to to grow beyond the podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and to just expand like that is not at all self-serving either because when we if we work with companies then we'll be able to help with this transition into this new era that we're talking about that help businesses thrive in a totally new environment that yeah. hasn't existed before. And that's one of those things that I think is one of the most important things that anyone can do is we need to make the transition easy to get from where people are now, because there's a lot of businesses that just have these processes that are in the stone ages still. Yeah, they're just and not gonna survive in the next 10 years unless they make yeah, some fundamental changes. We need to start preparing for the automation wave immediately. Mm -hmm. And people need to understand what that entails and what can be automated and what, what can't be automated. So it's more of an incremental uh, directional uh, step towards, towards that rather than something that will just hit you like a tidal wave and then everyone has to be laid off because everything is automated, for example. So there's, right. I just think it's, it's better to have a, a better transition into this new era than what I see currently where there's just going to be huge disruption and then there's just going to be out of nowhere a ton of people displaced from jobs, for example. Totally. Yeah, and we already have a sort of an agency set up which is called Noble Growth. Mm -hmm. And you can find the, the website's already live. It's noblegrowth.co. So if you are interested in that sort of thing, you can totally reach out to us. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Anything else as far as like how we might expand into new domains? I mean, I love the live events idea. I love right. the agency idea. I love the media network, you know, publishing mm -hmm. new media. I mean, one thing I guess we've also talked about is 
we could write a book about the future, like whether it's fiction or nonfiction. And we're actually potentially even more interested in fiction where we would sort of give people a really vivid impression of what it would be like to live in a certain future. Like maybe we have a book where taking all of our various topics into account, here's what a day in the life or a week in the life would be like living in the worst case scenario future or yeah. the best case scenario future. Right. And I think that would just be really fun to, to do anyways, regardless. Yeah, and, and it's hard to really do this sort of thing, especially when we're talking about future scenarios in a nonfiction way. Like, yeah, we can, uh -huh. we can bore people with a bunch of facts about where things are now and what that might possibly lead to. But I think it's more compelling to read a story oh, yeah. about, about some sort of future scenario. And that's one of the things I love about science fiction is it kind of gives people this understanding of what's true. And some, scientific, uh, some science fiction writers do a lot of research into things that are like physically possible, like they're possible through the laws of physics, but not necessarily possible yet. Oh, totally. I mean, I was just at this live event at Neuhaus where the quantum physicist who was consulted for the Avengers and the Ant-Man movies, mm -hmm. he said that pretty much everything in those movies that relates to quantum physics is theoretically and scientifically sound. And we cannot do that yet. We're not that mm -hmm. advanced technologically, but it's all very much possible from a theoretical and scientific perspective. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of a you know good analogy for how we try to create our future scenarios. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's. I think that would be a really interesting way to go. And if we did nonfiction, I, I view it more as like a book with, chapters that are essentially essays mm -hmm. that are they, it would be a little bit more disjoint at least the way well, it I could see be it more like mind. a coffee table reference book where each page is just like one of our episodes and it just sort of gives the high level like statistics and yeah projections. yeah like, it could be something like that but yeah i agree a fiction book might be more fun and liberating. Uh, <laughs> um, right yeah so i think now would be a good time to get into the future scenarios and then after those scenarios, we're going to tell you guys the special gift that we have uh, for you all. So stay mm -hmm. tuned. Yeah, so what do you think about the worst case scenario? Worst case scenario. My worst case scenario is not that bad because it would basically be us doing what we're already doing without expanding much. It's hard for me to imagine us just stopping the podcast because it's something that we purely enjoy. Mm -hmm. And we even had this conversation when we were in San Francisco about in your wildest dreams in 10 years, if you were, let's say you had $10 billion in the bank, how would you actually want to spend your time? And Justin and I both said that we would still want to do Hence the Future podcast. So it's mm -hmm. something that is purely for it's not purely for our own enjoyment but we would do it even if there were no other benefits monetarily or you know uh -huh. reputation or having a bigger platform or anything we would still want to do this podcast so my worst case scenario is you guys can still enjoy this episode every week and even in the worst case i would think that it's going to improve 
steadily, uh, you know, month over month, year over year. Yeah. Yeah. And mine, mine honestly, isn't that much different. Mine, my worst case was it's essentially the same, except we don't have any listeners. Like people (laughs) just stop listening. Right. (laughs) Right. But, but again, we're still enjoying it. We're still having the conversation. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's not as bad as, you know, the worst case scenario of the future of artificial intelligence. (laughs) Right. So uh, what do you think about the likely, or sorry, let's go to the best case first. Best case scenario. My best case scenario is one in which the podcast has such a tremendous impact on public opinion and and the, the minds of our listeners that we are able to make a dent in the universe to steer the whole reality that we find ourselves in, in a more optimal direction. So obviously that's something that's a little bit difficult to to measure because (laughs) it's not like we can see what the different parallel universes are and and measure how good the one we're in has ended up being. But Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, you can't say that Joe Rogan doesn't have a real impact on everything. Oh, I think he has. I think he's one of the most important people. Yeah. Because of how widespread his voice is and how reasonable he is. Like, I kind of like what you're saying. If we can be sort of these reasonable people, and also in the best case, we don't get swayed by, you know, these, you know, this golden. Yeah, trolls. Or. Or just like big companies that are trying to tell us what to do and what to say and we can remain objective and we can we can still be dreamers, but we can remain objective. And that's 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 actually one thing that I've found somewhat frustrating is that when we have guests on the podcast, a lot of the times, especially if it's a touchy area, like let's say finance or like law, Mm -hmm. a lot of people aren't willing to come on the podcast as guests because they're afraid to say what they really think. And Mm. that is a travesty. There are too many Mm. people out there in the world who are afraid to say what they really think and who also have informed, nuanced opinions that are based on research. You know, the people who do tend to speak out and are the loudest are often the ones who are the most ideological and they're the most hard-hitting Republicans or hard-hitting liberals. And so for us to still be willing to speak out but to see things from both sides and sometimes we may line up more with the left sometimes more with the right i think that's something that um is just tremendously valuable and there's there's not enough of it in the media world yeah and and that's one of the things about having a community and having conversations with our our listeners like if your first step as a listener is like let's say you live in a hyper religious family for example or hyper fundamentalist family that wants to, you know, that is very oppressive in certain ways. The only way for you to get get out of that is to like have conversations with people and we can be mm. those people. Like if we have a community where people feel safe to have these conversations, then that's that's good that's being done in the world. People can be more open. And that's one of the reasons we're seeing these these Trumps and these Bernie Sanders and all of these more extreme ideologies being extremely popular in the polls. It's because those are the sides that are willing to speak up. There's no one in the middle that's willing to speak up. 
Right. And and that's one of the things that I would enjoy. And I've, you know, as somebody who is introverted and definitely is not necessarily the the most articulate person in the world, it's this podcast has been, you know, a learning experience. Like as I think I've improved, but it's something that we all need to do no matter what our current speaking capabilities are, whether or not our opinions are fully formed, the conversation is what informs your opinion. Yeah. And we just we just need to make sure that we foster and we are kind of the fosterers of great conversation and honest conversation. Totally. And it reminds me, I used to make this joke that all of my best friends are dead, meaning <laughs> my best friends being like Nietzsche and Albert Camus and Kerouac and Dostoevsky and but seriously when I read their work or let's say Alan Watts when I listen to his lectures that he gave I feel like this is someone whose model of the cosmos and of life resonates so deeply with mine maybe even to a greater extent than the people who I know in the real world like the real Mm -hmm. physical world and so if we can make that connection even with just a few people where they're like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they did come from a, you know, conservative or fundamentalist family where they don't encourage people to think for themselves. If mm-hmm. someone, a few people can tune in and hear us and it helps them sort of open their, their minds to new ways of thinking, then, mm-hmm. you know, I would be just thrilled and, and very happy with what we've been doing. Yeah. And that's that's really part of the best case scenario is making making life better for our listeners making making people and that's that's one of the things that i that i've personally benefited from from sam harris's podcast or joe rogan's Mm -hmm. podcast like having having people on with different opinions if if i used to be very set in a certain way of thinking and then a guest comes on that's articulate and has other opinions i'm like oh wait there there's so many different ways to look at the same problem my way is not always right. And I've, you know, I've been wrong a lot of times in my life, but it's good to be able to recognize the fact that we all have our own limitations, mm-hmm. but through more education and through listening to podcasts and reading books, we can educate ourselves in a way that helps us, you know, see the world in a more objective way. And that's that's what I would hope from our best case scenario is we can just like you said, make a little bit of a positive dent in the universe. Yeah, totally. Awesome. Well, let's round it out and get into the most likely scenario before we reveal our secret gift. (laughs) Yeah. Most likely scenario. Yeah, I mean, the, the likely scenario, I think, would be, I think we can achieve our best case scenario. I'm an optimist when it comes to hence the future, for sure. Mm. And... The likely scenario, I think, um, to expand into, for example, live lectures and talks, that would be, I think it'll be a while. Like we still, we still have a ways to go before we build our own credibility and our own audience. And the, but the way we do that is by having these better, uh, research methods and to make Mm -hmm. sure that we have very level headed opinions on things and we're not overly idealistic or, um, ideological mm-hmm. and that I think with everything that we've sort of outlined we have a path to get to the best case scenario totally and I think some things will just take a little bit longer than others because the the issue is we came 
we, I mean, we are relative, or at least we started as relative nobodies. We just had, we were people that were educated and had conversations, but we, we weren't famous by any means, for example. And it takes a while to start from that to become very popular. Right. And we do have a fairly sizable audience now and we are right, growing yeah. at a fairly sizable rate. So it's not like our numbers are, are struggling at all. But when you compare us to like Joe Rogan or Sam Harris, it's still yeah. pretty niche. But <laughs> right. I, I totally agree with you. I think the best case scenario is very much within our grasp. And what my most likely progression would be is listeners can expect better research and more accessible research in the very short term, meaning you'll be able to go to our website. And if you're just trying to refresh yourself on a topic or maybe you don't have time to listen to an episode, you can go to hencetofuture.com and just at a glance, see our worst case, best case, most likely supported by statistics and research with quality sources. That's mm-hmm. something that is going to happen in the short term. I would right. say in the medium term, you can expect us to improve our content with short form animated videos that distill the essence of each episode. And in the long term, I do think we are going to get to a place where we have live events and mm-hmm. meetups and and have our own think tank and anyone mm-hmm. who wants to modernize their own business can reach out to us and we can provide automation and growth Mm. and analytics. And yeah, I think those are all very likely and I wouldn't be surprised if we found ourselves in the best case, let's say, you know, a year and a half, two years from now, potentially. Yeah. I mean that hopefully the, we can keep the growth up and, um, yeah, I'm excited about it. Yeah. Maybe maybe I want you to tell listeners about our special gift now. Okay. Our, our surprise. So we wanted to thank our listeners for being with us in this first year of our growth and the, you know, the formation of Hence the Future. And so we are going to give every person who sends us a screenshot of a review that they've given for Hence the Future on the Apple Podcast app or another app, just wherever you can mm-hmm. review us. If you send us a screenshot of your review, we will send you a Hence the Future t-shirt that has our telescope favicon icon. And mm-hmm. it's a black shirt. It's American apparel. It fits really well. It's really soft. People are going to want to And it's a stitched you. logo too. It's, it's not going to fall logo. off. It's a logo. It's like a... It's like a Lacoste shirt, kind of, but it's just a regular black T-shirt with just a very subtle "Hence the Future" telescope. Doesn't even say "Hence the Future." Doesn't on even it. say like anything. It's, it's you can wear it key. anywhere. You could wear it to a place where people totally disagree with us, and they wouldn't even they wouldn't necessarily know what you're wearing. It's a super stylish shirt, but you can you know it's a cool T-shirt, so. You know, yeah. I would I would highly recommend. And it's on our website if you want to take a look at it in the merch section of our website. So mm-hmm. all you have to do is send us a screenshot of your review, and tell us where you want us to send the T-shirt to, and then mm-hmm. we'll send it to you guys as a special thank you for being with us on this journey. Yeah, and and one thing too is maybe we can limit this to current listeners, people that are listening to it the week this is released, because obviously people yeah. can listen to it a year from now. Right. So maybe so, we say people yeah, that so send us it, it in the first as week. Soon as, as soon as you can. Like yeah. If you send it to us this week, then 
you know, we're going to get you your t-shirt. So Mm -hmm. no worries. Yeah. I think, I think this is a really cool time for us to engage with you guys as listeners. And it would be awesome if you uh, reached out on a regular basis, like engage with us on social media and everything else. Yeah. And you know, we're all fellow futurists here. So there was, I'll just end this podcast with a quote which is that most successful minds are either historians or futurists because it gives you a certain perspective where you're able to forge a more optimal path. And I think that's what makes us unique is that we're a community of futurists and we'd love to hear from you guys. We'd love to send you guys a special gift. So thank you for listening and we'll see you next week. The past, the present, and the future. Our computer is picking up a strange signal. The past, the present, and the future, baby. What's the world coming to? The past, the present, and the future. Hey futurists, if you've made it this far, you might be wondering who created the Hence the Future theme song. It was created by the Walden Brothers, and you can find them on Spotify. The Walden Brothers also produced the sound bites for the worst case, the best case, and the most likely future scenarios. At Hence the Future, we're always looking for ways to improve the quality of our episodes and our predictions. To that end, we're building a team of researchers to curate the most authoritative and highly vetted sources as the foundation for every episode. If you'd like to support these efforts, you can donate a small monthly amount at anchor.fm slash hence the future. And if you haven't done so already, please rate and review the podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. We appreciate your support.